0: everybody and welcome to another edition of the angel of words podcast I am your host Angela words before we get started don't forget to click on that notification bell share 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 comment like hate whatever it is you want to do do it you could also find us on all the podcast platforms including Spotify anchor and Apple Podcasts. also Don't forget that if you want to see the uh, exclusive content and read the exclusive content, including the blog, go to www.aowent.com and all donations are going to Cash App A-O-W-N-Y-C. Now on deck on the Angel of Words podcast, we have the founder of NOLA MMA, The Puerto Rican assassin coming straight from New Orleans, Louisiana, Mr. Ray Lopez. Mr. Lopez, thank you again for being here with us on the Angel of Words podcast.
1: Uh, You know, it's always a pleasure to be with you, man. I appreciate you. Dog got his feelings, you know, the man is in
0: here with <laughs> Yo, bro, I felt like I was introducing one of the characters from Game of Thrones just now. It gave me chills, bro, I, you like know?
1: That, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to fly you out for this fight.
0: Yo, yes, yes. Yo, yo, oh, your hard body. But before we get into that, before we get into that, because, you know, obviously, I like to talk about more substantial things before we get into the juice of it. It's a podcast, so we got to layer it up. Of bro. Course. The construction, the reconstruction of NOLA MMA. I'm loving it. Congratulations. You know, what's up? You up to all the COVID protocols? Like, what was that about? Why would you decide to reconstruct the uh, gym?
1: Uh, Well, we were getting ready to do that uh, before COVID. And we're actually getting ready to uh, start get that popping about two months before everything kind of like hit. And everybody was talking about, damn, we might have to shut down. Uh, and we knew that people were having trouble getting PPE loans and, you know, everybody was, uh, or the, um, you know, the, you know, the loans and they were having trouble getting the, uh, the government help and everything. So we were like, you know, well, let's just save that money and, uh, you know, just kind of put it away and just, you know, let's help, let that help us make it through this, this rough part. Cause we had no idea how long that was going to last, you know, we didn't know it was going Six months, we didn't know if it was going to be a year, we didn't know if it was going to be, you know, two years. So, you know, we just put that money aside and, you know, thankfully we did because it came in handy while we were dealing with everything. You know, as with most gyms, membership dropped, you know, because people moved away, people, you know, weren't working at that point. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing the shady thing and just keeping people's memberships going, you know, on that, uh, on that, you know, big change in tip, you know, where they were just kind of like, "Well, we don't know what to tell you if, if, if you're paying us, you're paying us." So, you know, if anybody needs to cancel or put it on hold, we were happy to do that. We had a lot of members that, you know, didn't want us to put it on hold because they wanted to keep paying because they wanted to have something to come back to, you know. And that, you know, happened a lot in the martial arts community, which is awesome. You know, it says a lot about the the teacher-student bond and you know what it does for everybody and the fact that they want to support it even if they can't be there uh but we we made it through and we did a lot of zoom classes and a lot of virtual classes and then we were able to start coming back with small groups you know we were kind of going overboard on sanitation protocols and sanitizing at the door sanitizing at the mat sanitizing off the mat back on the mat, mat you know small classes we were spreading everybody out we had taped off areas on the mat so that way everybody was six feet apart and we were doing you know a lot of shadow boxing and you know bag work and things like that and anything that we could do to uh to just keep it moving you know and then it, it, you know it started you know getting uh better and better and better me and my business partner decided you know what it it's time to do that upgrade that we've been talking about that we want to do you know for the last year and a half and you know we sat down and priced everything out we made it happen and man the place just <clears throat> It looks incredible, you know, it looks incredible. We expanded our math space. And we have one of the larger math spaces in the area. And, you know, the students are really digging it and people are really starting to come back and everything. And now, you know, we're trying to deal with, you know, the Delta surge and everything. And everybody's being really cautious. And, you know, everybody's, you know, kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with that. So, you know, like we said, we're just, you know, making sure everybody's using common sense. You know and uh and we're happy to kind of be back and we're happy that fights are going back on you know we're happy that uh the shows are going back on in Mississippi and they're coming back to New Orleans. they had the first show in New Orleans that they've had in a while, so you know we're uh
0: open we're, to the public type of deal
1: yeah yeah it's nice to it's nice to be back and it's nice to uh to kind of have a little sense of normalcy even though we're all being kind of cautious and and you know. Taking it a little bit easy, you know, trying to trying to see what happens with this. But uh, yeah, we're back, and you know, membership is is back up, and you know, people are excited, and people are excited to be a part of it. And uh, the guys are getting ready to start fighting again. Smokers are starting amateur events, pro events, and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it seems like we're we're kind of in the swing of things again. So it's nice. It's nice.
0: Was it tough to get a PPE loan out there? not? Nah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 And Don't scam them. A lot of people out here in New York are getting bagged, scamming the PPB. You know what it, dude, you know what it
1: was? It was the paperwork. Yeah. You know, a lot of the paperwork was like people were filling stuff out and then it would get rejected and everything. And it was just like, you know what? Like, let's just let's move forward and, you know, do what we got to do. And you know, when it comes to it comes through and if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, some people was betting everything on that, and it didn't come through for them, you know. So, you know, yeah. we we kind of played it as safe as possible, and you know, it paid off because we're in a good place now.
0: Well, I mean, but you you do that, you did that online, right? What happened? You did, did you you filled out the loan online, or was that something that it was that
1: started when it first started? It was like it was crazy. People were filling stuff out, and it was getting rejected, and it sent back, and it was like it was crazy for a minute in the beginning. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> you know, Jay got that so. though. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> what a machine bo- chair right there, bro. That's nuts, B. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you were able to, man, you know, to, to maintain and the gym looks absolutely fantastic, man. Thanks. I'm and you know the like you said the membership I see it going up I see more and more videos being posted all the time I'm like yeah Nola MMA is back on deck and you know you got one you said you got one of the largest mats man does that make training better for you?
1: Yeah for sure you know everybody can spread out especially when we do striking you know what I mean those you know those big boys they need some room to move around and everything you know yeah that's always safety number one and if we have room and we have space people aren't knocking into each other people can move freely and everything and it's just you know, it just makes for a nicer training environment when everybody can take a little bit of space between them and the people aren't right on top of each other, especially nowadays, you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have that room, you know what I mean?
0: You ever get nervous, man, but, you know, training and stuff? You, you were telling me not too long ago people sweating on your eye, you're like nervous, because <laughs> you, you, cause you yeah. still haven't got corona, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy doing what we do, but, you know, it's like anything, you know, everybody figures mm-hmm. it out. Everybody modifies, and everybody, like you said, just kind of uses common sense, and you know, tries to uh, tries to adhere as best as we can. You know, the the show goes on. You know, the guys in in the UFC and the guys, you know, in the MLB and the M- NBA. You know, they gotta they gotta practice. They gotta they gotta yeah. do if they wanna keep getting paid and keep yeah, you gotta earn that check. You gotta earn that check, you know and you know, I mean, look at the Olympics. They did what they had to do. You know,
0: oh, no facts. What a disaster,
1: guys!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a mess, bro.
1: Oh my god! Oh, you know, there's sometimes we be like, yo, just wait. If it's gonna be, if it's gonna be crazy like that, just wait.
0: You know, yeah, but, man.
1: You know, I understand yeah. too because it's about morale, and you know, people work hard, especially the athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you got some people that that's that. That last hurrah, you know. Yeah, they can't wait another four years, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a fact. Now you're right about that. You're right about
1: that. You know, but still, it's still it's craziness. Come on, all those people out there performing with no crowds or nothing like that. Yeah, I
0: know. It's like yo, like the Olympics with no crowds is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the (laughs) point of going to the Olympics is that you can have a crowd, like yeah, to to shit on all the other countries when you win, Like, like yo.
1: Oh, it's man. crazy man I don't
0: yeah. know man uh, that's why I'm not an athlete I guess you know <laughs> <laughs> yo berate talking about making moves bro you're telling me now that you're doing some bare knuckle shit bro yeah. what yeah what enough. like street beef situation <laughs> yo,
1: you're crazy Boxing for uh BYB is gonna be at the hard rock and, what's, BYB? Uh, what's BYB what's BYB B-Y-B, backyard brawl. Uh, okay, backyard brawl. Okay.
0: Yep,
1: uh, that's the uh, that's the promotion. Uh, they're putting on their seventh show, I believe. Um, so they're coming up, man. They they put on a good show, and you know they got their own unique thing going on. Uh, they're putting on shows in the Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida. You know, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good. We're real excited about it. You know, all my boys are helping me get ready and everything. I got great training partners. and it's nice to uh to focus Who on Who you me.
0: training with? Who are you training with?
1: Oh, you know, I'm training with my boy Ryan O'Toole over there, my boy Sue Sensley, my boy Luis Figueroa. Uh, you know, I got I got a bunch of guys, man, that are that are just animals, man, and, and you know, uh just, just the guys on the fight team are just so so raw and so excited and, and you know, so uh so down to do whatever, you know, whatever needs to be done to make sure that, you know. I'm ready for that, and, and Duke is ready for his upcoming fight this weekend. And you know, it's uh, it's nice to be able to focus on just one aspect of, of martial arts. You now I'm just focusing on the hands. And you know, people are like, "Brave, fucking crazy! You're fighting bare knuckle. That's so dangerous." And you know, any any fist fight is dangerous, but you know, I'm not getting kicked. I'm not getting knees. I'm not getting elbows. I'm not getting choked. I'm not getting you know. Any of my joints, you know, wrenched on a lot. I hyperextend it. I don't have to worry about the wrestling aspect, you know. So in a lot of ways, it is safer. And you know, your hands are not wrapped. You know, they wrap you at the wrist and kind of like right up to this area right here. So that way, you know, your wrist is supported. But in MMA, you got full hand wrap. Your knuckles are wrapped. You got four ounce glove on, so you can just you can throw bombs. You know, as long as you can throw heat. You know, you can you know, but you can't. You can't throw a lot of power in this, you know, recklessly or else you're going to break your hand, you know. So you got to. Uh, uh, you got to-
0: <laughs> Who reached out to you for this, man? This is crazy. Well, I- what was that process like? Who the hell reached out to you for this? Like, how do you oh, even man. get wrapped up in well, this,
1: dog? You know, management, man. My boy Nick Sherlock, he reached out to me and he said, hey, you know. BYB is real interested in you and, uh, they want to get you on one of their cards. You know, is that something that, that you'd be looking to do? And that's like, absolutely. You know, the money is good, man. They're paying, they're paying real, real well. You know, the, the, the money for regional MMA is, is not always the best, you know. So it's nice that, uh, we have these promotions that are, that are willing to spend a little bit more and, and, you know, put on a show and and make sure the the athletes are are taken care of, and they're paying flat rates, and and, and making sure that people are you know not uh not scrounging, you know what I mean, and putting it all on the yeah. line for for you know pennies, you know what I mean?
0: Yo, bro, but you're not a spring chicken anymore, my brother, like <laughs> not no, for no. nothing. <laughs>
1: 39 years
0: old, yo, animal. B, like, what, like, how does that make you feel? You know, when you see the Pacquiao's, now you're getting involved in, in, you know, in another uh endeavor inside the ring, man. Like, you know, how does that make you feel, man, when you're going through that kind of process, man? Fucking
1: alive, man, you know, you got to write this motherfucker till the wheels fall off, you know what I mean? And I think that, uh. I found a way to train smart and and be able to train and, and be in the gym seven days a week and and you know keep myself sharp and keep myself active and you know not uh not getting concussed every every other week you know like i was back in the day you know we've all figured out that going hard all the time is, is not necessarily the uh the way you know you gotta you gotta train smart you gotta have recovery days you gotta you gotta be able to uh listen to your body and and respect your body and you know if you need a day of rest you need a day of rest but if you do it the right way you know your day of rest is just lighter training you know so i think i think that learning how to manage injuries and learning how to manage recovery you know sauna hot bath cryo proper supplementation you know what i mean and and, you know real supplementation not you know sticking a whole bunch of needles in your ass you know full of steroids and shit like that because that shit catches up to you in the in the end too. uh you can't do that shit forever without it having l effect um but you know trying to eat the right way and and make sure you know you're just you doing things you know as best as you can to make it a lifestyle and uh you kinda always stay ready you know, and I'm in a training camp now for this of course, but you know i I try to stay as ready as possible all the time, you know I try to be ready for any scrapping tournaments that might be coming up or if my boys got a fight coming up, I wanna be able to jump in there and train with them as hard as they need to be training themselves, right? I wanna be one of those coaches that is never asking his guys to, to do anything that he hasn't done before or is not willing to do himself. You know, so if if I can do that kind of thing and, you know, again, why the fuck not? You know what I'm saying? Get, right? I mean it's it's uh you live once, man. You only live once, and it's one of those things that it, it, if it got put in your face and you didn't do it, you would wind up regretting it, you know, down the road, or you know, it would be like, "Coach, man, why do not you take that fight?" You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, "Fuck it, why not? Why not? Why not?" So it's it's another, you know, notching the bell and you know, figuring everything out, and you know. It's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be new, and and that's what it is. I need shit to be exciting. I need shit to be fresh. And you know, this is this is about as fresh uh, and exciting as it gets, man. You know.
0: So Ray, would you say the uh, the training for um, bare knuckle is a little bit less intensive? Is it less? Uh, you know, in terms of like all the things that you have to do with MMA compared to bare knuckling is just the hands. Is you know what what you know what's the difference between the training?
1: I think it's just more focused. I wouldn't say it's less intense or, or less intensive kind of training. It's just way more focused. You know, you're know, you going to work as hard as you do in MMA. It's just going to be focused on the hands, focused on that cardio, focused on that explosive cardio, being able to have that long distance in there in case it goes the whole time for five, three-minute rounds. Um, but wanting to make sure that my, my focus is there. I can be sharp the whole entire time, being able to make sure my footwork is good the whole time, that head movement is good the whole time. And that stuff is is tiring in a whole different way, as opposed to, uh, having to be able to wrestle for five minutes straight in case that's what it needs to be, or being able to make the transition between striking and wrestling and, and going into jujitsu and then standing up again after a big scramble, you know, it's going to be more about all right, you got to keep your hands up the whole time. You got to be throwing crispy the whole time. You got to make sure your head is moving the whole time. You got to make sure your footwork is good. And all that stuff is is just as hard, you know, as the other things. It's just you have to focus on that. You can't just focus on those things in MMA because then, you know, the uh, the stand-up grappling or the ground fighting, you know, takes, uh, takes a hit because you focus too hard on one aspect of, of mixed martial arts, where if I was just grappling or just wrestling or now, you know, for example, I'm just boxing, it's, uh, it's going to be more focused on just that particular kind of training.
0: Now you're fighting at 135
1: or what? You- 125.
0: <clears throat> you're fighting at 125?
1: Still, brother. Word? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you're in there.
0: What do you walk around at, 150? Yeah, like 140?
1: Yeah, 150? Yeah. Ooh,
0: man, animal,
1: man. Yeah, that's what we do, man. That's like standard. Yo. 20, 25 pounds.
0: Wow, bro, that is crazy. So when's the fight, bro? You know, when's the fight? Where can we see it? Can we see it? Is it going to be visible for everyone across the nation?
1: Yes, it's uh, September 11th. Uh, It's going to be live have all that information it's going to be on uh fight.tv uh tv Um, yes yes and uh i'm going to be on the preliminary card so everybody will be able to tune in and watch that and then definitely make sure that you uh get in on that pay-per-view because we got some some bangers on that card and and it's going to be fun man those those fights are always intense those fights are always Wild, you know, there's always a little bit of blood, you know what I mean? Cause the a little, the- little bit. Oh, enough man. <laughs> cut the- Move
0: that head, bro, don't get hit, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's part of the paycheck, baby. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, try not to, man.
1: <laughs> you know. ah, uh, you know me. I'm always I'm always about that head movement, that defense yeah. you know. I'm not uh am not one to just go in there and, and fight wild, you know, for the fact yeah. that it's fighting wild, you know, trying to go in, put on a show and uh and be technical and, you know, show those skills, you know. You got
0: any footage on this guy? Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. That always helps, you know
1: <laughs> that Absolutely. always helps. You know, he got footage on me now too, you know? It's just point yeah. when you start to get experience, you know, it's just you can't you can't hide that stuff. It's it's just out yeah. there. You plan for your opponents as best as you can and, you know. You 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 work on the things that you're good at, you know. Because it's about imposing your game and about imposing your will. And you know, if you train too much for what that other guy does, then you are training to not fight his fight. You know, you got to be training to fight your fight. So, got you. That's your philosophy. Yeah, that's it. That's the philosophy. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna watch my opponents. I'm gonna see what they like to do. I'm gonna see what they work on, but. You know, even if that fight is from uh, three, four months ago, there's new things he's working on, you know? There's new wrinkles to his yeah. game. Things from that fight, whether he won or lost, that he's going to want to improve upon, whether he's going to want to change. You know, if they weren't working, he's going to want to change. Him. If they were working, he's going to want to make them better, you know? So you're not going to be fighting the same guy, you know? So footage is, is only... It's only a an outline of, of what you're really getting you know what i mean you can use it to, notes <laughs> yeah, you can use it to kind of you know kind of gauge a little bit but for the most part it's going to be what you do and, and what you do better and, and you know making sure that what you do better and what you're really good at is is the thing that you focus on executing you know it's about executing it's about executing and not reacting you know if you watch a footage and trying to figure every little thing out about this dude, then you're going to go in there reacting to what he does instead of going in there and executing what you do and making him react to you.
0: Got you. Got you. Right now we're talking to the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez, out there in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yo, bro, who's sanctioning this fight? (laughs) The Louisiana State Athletic Commission?
1: Florida, brother
0: oh facts okay so are they flying you out there they're paying you to go out there they better be
1: and they're flying us out there and everything you know we're doing the waves and all that and, you know they're taking care of us and we're excited man we're real excited about it for sure oh for man sure.
0: this this is big for nola man because I, 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 I mean i i figure every time you guys get a w especially you as the trainer who's still active you know what I'm saying? You know, people respect that, bro. And cats want to come and get down with your wave.
1: Yeah, they see. They see, you know. And then, you know, that social media presence is important. And when you can post, you know, exciting things like fights and, and victories and wins, you know, it, it, it helps to to spread the word. And, you know, Louisiana's getting big in, in, in MMA. You know, we got a lot of guys in, in, you know, the big time that are fucking doing their thing. You know, we got... You know, DC and, and you know, Dustin Poirier and the UFC. And, you know, we got Tom Lee, is the 1FC champion. And these are, all, these are all Louisiana guys, man. and These are guys that are making noise and, and putting, you know, martial arts for, for the state on the map, you know? You know, we ain't just uh, we ain't just drinking daiquiris out here, man. And
0: <laughs> you go <know>, for hurricanes, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're doing that too, but... <laughs>
0: yo wow man so man could, could you discuss with the viewers man like the route that it takes because i remember the last time that we spoke you said yo cats try to walk up in the gym and they want to make it to the ufc and have absolutely no training could you tell the audience really what it takes to get to that level you know, because that's considered right now probably the mo- the the top dog in promotions and league, the UFC. But, you know, then you have Bellator, you have different types of, you know, one FC. But, you know, to make it to those levels of, of competition, could you describe the route? Because it ain't easy, brother.
1: Man, some of the emails, bro. It's amazing. It's amazing. Please, please
0: let us know. Share,
1: for, share with the audience because I want. bring yeah. bringing about ten thousand dollars. You know, I'm like, bro. Like, it. One, you gotta have a background, in something, right? You gotta have some kind of striking background. You gotta have some kind of wrestling background.
0: Yeah, you had a you uh-huh. had a background in wrestling. That was where yeah. your major competitions came in yeah. as a kid
1: yes okay or or some kind of major athletic experience like high level football high level basketball high level track high level gymnast high level swimming something at the high level that you have to like make sacrifices for right you know
0: basically you got to have some kind of muscle memory is what you're talking about like where you have to have memory
1: muscle memory but also uh having already been through rigorous training so that way you understand what it is right we got guys that you know coming off the street and they're like yeah i won a couple bar fights you know and and i think i got what it takes and it's like okay why don't you just why don't you just come to class and they're like okay and by the middle of class they've thrown up twice they're sweating they can't even keep their hands up They've never even thrown a kick before, and some dude who's been training for six months is pushing their shit in at the end of the class sparring, and we don't even spar hard. And the dude is throwing up at the end of class, talking about "I didn't know it this hard," and then we never see him again. You know? And oh man, dude, that you you can go to any MMA gym, and they will all have stories of that happening every other week.
0: So you keeping thrower buckets on the sidelines whenever the newbies come in? That's that's the thing.
1: Yeah, well, whenever you know, whenever new people come in, or whenever you know the fight team is training real hard, you got to bring the the garbage. You got to put it. In, you got to empty what's in there. You got to put in a fresh bag, and you got to bring it over, and we call it deposit. Right. So you make it. What a do deposit. you call it? A deposit.
0: The deposit. Okay.
1: Yeah, you make a deposit to the gym, right? It's a
0: fact. Yeah, it's a fact.
1: <laughs> gym, the gym gets power, you know what I'm saying? It gets energy from that shit, right? The sacrifice coming out, you know, so you got to make a it deposit. It's a soul deposit.
0: I love that, man. <laughs>
1: deposit, bro. I'm like,
0: I can see, like, now I'm really envisioning it, like, yo, cats really put it in those blood, and tears, and yo, really, yo, and just coughing up a lung out there, really trying to get it in, man.
1: That's wild, bro. Well, I've had high-level athletes come You know, I've had, uh, you know, team one football players come in and say that they think that they could do well in MMA. And, you know, they've thrown up all over my floor.
0: Word? Yes. That's crazy, and you talk about guys that played in the SEC type of dudes, like yes. the, the big time guys. Like they yes. play for Bama, they play for you know uh, the 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 uh, the Tigers or the LSU Tigers or Tulane. I'm
1: not to say what team. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm not to say what team. You
0: know? Well, that to me means a yes. It's they're from. <laughs> Jesus, you know, what a mess, man! It, wow
1: it's a different animal right it's it's one thing to be in a sport where you get breaks at the end of every play and at the end of every series you get to you know be on the sideline or there's you know there ain't no sixth man in fucking fighting you know what yeah. i mean
0: you don't You like they say you don't play ufc you don't play boxing <laughs> man
1: <laughs> the eight in boxing, you can't be like, yo, I got fucked up that round. Yo, you go in this next round and then I'll come in after that because I just need a break. You know? Mm-hmm. You just, you don't you don't get that. You don't get that. So when somebody gets pushed for five minutes straight, you know, and they get punched and kicked and pressed up against the wall and, you know, they're getting taken down and they got to get up and then they get taken down and they got to get up and that happens three or four times and then the person let them up and kick them in the leg hard as fuck. And then kick them in the fucking body hard as fuck. Jab them three times in the face. And all of a sudden, their nose is leaking and shit. Motherfuckers panic. They panic. They panic. They They've panicked. panicked
0: in your gym, right? They've panicked in your gym? I don't, oh, you know.
1: Of really. course. Yes. Yes. They panic. I panic. Part of jujitsu is having a panic attack on the mat, learning how to deal with that shit. It's happened to me. It's happened to all of us. It's happened the first time you really get fucked up by somebody who knows what they're doing and you in there and you deciding, Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm fucking fighting. I'm in training camp right now. And you can't stop. You can't go away. You can't be like, Coach, stop, stop, stop. Cause if you do that shit, they're going to be like, all right, you're not fighting. Wow. Like you're not fighting. Wow. If you do that too many, like, of course, obviously you hurt or something like that. We're going to stop. We're yeah. gonna make sure finish it. But if you, if you breaking, you know, Multiple times a week and everything, and you got to fight in four weeks and you out there throwing up, making deposits and shit, you know? Like, you can't have that because that person's going to get hurt. That person's going to get hurt. And a good coach is not going to put out somebody, one, for cannon fodder, right? To go out there and get fucked up. Just to yeah, say facts, that, yeah. You know? And two, like, we're our own product, you know? Your fighters and us as as coaches who fight and, and our fighters and everything. This is the product, you know? So you think that my my livelihood is this gym. Right? I got some dudes emailing me talking about I wanna fight, get me in there within two months, I'll be ready. It's like, I don't know you. I'm not putting the label you yeah, I'm not putting my label on you and fucking just smacking that fucking logo on you and sending you out there to get all fucked up
0: yeah you got a reputation it's your brand you know i mean it's everything i mean not for nothing ray you you i mean you are the type of trainer that you you're trying to make a name for yourself like you're trying to dominate not only the state of louisiana internationally eventually you know that's your plan
1: yeah you're trying to as big as you can you know we got we got guys that are just so talented and and just they work so fucking hard and, and they have so much potential and. It it would be unfair to them to put them out there before they were ready, no matter how hungry they are. Right? Because it's about timing. This game is about timing too. Each fight, that shit takes that shit takes a toll on your body and it, it takes not only time off your career, that shit ultimately takes time off the fucking life, man. You out there fucking fist fighting shit, you know, you get fucked up. You know, you've seen some fights. I know that you look at those dudes and you're like, they're never the same.
0: They're never you the know? same.
1: You know, you think Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward were ever the same after the fight? Never, those
0: never. I worry about Pacquiao now. I'm like, yo, why are you getting in there with Errol Spence Jr.? Errol Spence? Like, bro, that might be a blessing. That eye injury might have saved his life, bro. Like, like, he probably saved a year on his life.
1: But, like, what if Pacquiao goes out there? Mm-hmm. Pulls out the Rocky moment and Errol Spence fucking his ass up, and Pacquiao drags him into deep water and uses that old veteran fucking style and fucking just digs deep and and wins a fucking war and he's a hero. <laughs> I want to make great. Oh man! I you you want to see that shit? Yeah.
0: But
1: how many years is that going to take off his life?
0: It's going to take a few off, man.
1: It's going to take a few off. More than a few people will say that Muhammad Ali was all fucked up because of the George Foreman fight.
0: Yeah. You know, I just had that conversation, bro. My man was like, he doesn't want to see people ending up like that. You know, that's why he he wishes Pacquiao would retire and not get in the ring with Spence. I'm like, yo, bro. I mean, he still looks sharp, but, like, you're right about that. He was never the same after the Foreman fight, Ali.
1: You can't. If you aren't a fighter, you just can't understand it. You know what I mean? You just can't understand somebody wanting to keep going or put themselves in danger. Or I mean, look at fucking Bernard Hopkins, bro. My man was fighting at a high level, a high level. And then all of a sudden, his last fight, you know, he's getting knocked out the fucking ring.
0: Yeah, bro. He got old in the ring, man. That's sad to see. I don't want to see cats getting old in the ring, man. It's crazy. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that you could teach? Go ahead.
1: Check this out. Somebody getting old in the ring. A fighter getting old in the ring is sad for the fans. A fighter getting old in the ring, outside of the ring, is sad for the fighter. And ultimately, it's that person's body and that person's life and somebody that you cheer for in their prime to go out there and put it all on the line and get fucked up, and fuck the other guy up and and, and get bloody and win these wild comebacks and shit and have these kind of haggler versus turn fights, you know, everybody wants to see that shit and then if they retire early, it's Oh, why they retire? They still have so much left. If they retire later, oh man, that's sad. I don't want to see that. Well, he was fucking fine watching this shit when the <laughs> motherfucker was thirty. That's a and fact. Now that he's forty-five trying to do what he fucking loves or all he knows. You were talking about, man, that's sad. He should really hang it up, man. Shut the fuck up. Fuck that shit. <laughs> let, that, let his fucking life. Let that man live his life. Because you know what, the only people that are going to change his mind, it ain't the fucking fans, bro. It's going to be his close family or it's going to be himself one day. And he's not going to make that decision in the ring. He's probably going to make that decision training one day and being like, yo, I can't do this at a high level anymore.
0: Ray, look at De La Hoya on Hot Boxing with Mike. Did you see that interview? That was sad, bro, to hear him speak like that, bro. A legend, a guy that never said no to anyone.
1: Oscars just kind of sad, though, man. I feel bad for Oscar. You got to wonder how much of that shit is CTE, you know? Yeah. yeah. And combined with some some substance abuse problems, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. You throw a bunch of fucking cocaine and alcohol and, and a bunch of fucking, you know, brain damage into a motherfucker, and you got some fucking lingerie pictures and some fucking 14 ounces, you know what I'm saying? Mm, wow. Yeah,
0: that's going to you know? happen, bro. Yeah. Well, or guys
1: like, you know, fucking Mayhem Miller breaking into fucking churches butt naked and shit. being like, bro, I got a fucking problem and shit because, like, you can't mix substance abuse with head trauma, you know? So, and then a lot of these guys, they get this head trauma and then they fucking retire because they can't fight well anymore and they turn into substance abuse you know what i mean or like they were already partying that hard but they were able to train it out you know what i mean and sweat that shit out like michael irvin remember they used to talk about like he would go party and party until like three four in the morning and then he would just go right to the gym and just start fucking lifting and running and sweating that shit the fuck out and then he would play the next day and you know score three fucking touchdowns
0: you know and he was doing that since his college days at Miami, bro, at the U
1: wallet You know? But then that shit catches up to you and you don't have the outlet anymore and all of a sudden you catch a mad arrest and shit like that. You know, or you just not taking care of yourself or you, you fighting in local shows, you know what I mean? And and you know, it's, it's no different than uh than than some some like WWE wrestlers, right, who were in the big time and they wind up fighting in these small local shows because their body was all fucked up and they partied hard and they didn't take care of anything and they lived hard and lived fast and they didn't take care of their money situation. You know, a lot of fighters do that shit too. The money comes and goes real easy in that shit. And in fighting, there's not a lot of money to begin with.
0: Yeah, nah, man. You know, that's a, you know, when I'm hearing that, you know, when Delo Hoya threw that debacle with these two cats bro the undercar was getting paid like a g son a g
1: my brother
0: that's crazy
1: he was talking wild shit about dana white talking about we coming for the ufc and it's like (laughs) (laughs) good luck with that b (laughs) oscar like come on bro like Dana White said have just bought that shit in the power move.
0: <laughs> Yo, for real, man. <clears throat> that 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 whole situation right there is is hilarious. And if y'all don't know, uh, Dana White and Oscar De La Hoya have wild beef. Check it out on YouTube. There's a whole rabbit hole that you could jump into.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. But you know, that's what that's Oscar De La Hoya putting on a show, paying people a thousand dollars and shit, right? Imagine some dude in Nebraska that's like, I bought a cage and I know some MMA fighters and I want to put on a show. And that guy with his own money got to sell tickets, rent a venue, get people to work it and pay, pay some fighters.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got that street beefs guy that does that. That The ex-military dude online. I'm like, this is crazy, bro. I feel like you will take anybody that's willing to put on some gloves and throw them in there, bro, just to put on a show. It's 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 out of control, man.
1: People want to watch. People want to see. People mm-hmm. people like to see violence, and they say that they don't. But I can guarantee there's people out there that say I hate fighting, and I'll never watch that in far barracks. And when it's by themselves, they tune in into that shit. Right? You cannot. You cannot. You cannot watch it. Or they or they say that they hate it and they watch it so they can be like, look how barbaric this shit is. But I know deep down they're excited. They love it. They love it. They love it. Everybody loves it. Everybody, yeah, everybody loves watching somebody get punched in the face. right? Especially two people that are willing. Two dudes, two women that are willing to go in there and punch each other in the fucking face. Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see that shit, especially now where people are high level athletes? It's not like in the first UFC where you had motherfuckers going in there and like work boots and shit, one boxing and shit. You know what I mean? You had you had maybe like a handful of real martial artists in that shit. Now you have highly trained athletes who are specializing in the sport of MMA. Right? You got Olympic level wrestlers coming in. You got Olympic-level boxers coming in. You got guys that are ridiculous, world champion Muay Thai fighters coming in, and they're learning all the aspects of it. They're training their asses off, and this is all they fucking do. All they do, and, and you know, coaching is at a higher level than it's ever been. Training methods are at a higher level than they've ever been. You know, recovery is at a higher level than it's ever been, and, and they're, they're putting all that together, and, and MMA is just, it's crazy, like the the level of the level of skill that's being displayed now. It's like, yeah, there's sometimes people going in there and just knocking each other the fuck out, and the shit is ugly as fuck. But when two people put on a beautiful fucking fight, and and there's blood and people are cut the fuck open and people are leaving like everything out there and people fight for 25 fucking minutes and they can barely hold their hands up and they are like looking like hamburger meat at the end and that bell goes off and the first thing they do is fucking hug each other like that's that's the most real fucking shit you can imagine there's nothing more real than that and there's so many people that love it because so many people could never imagine doing that themselves but to watch two people do that is a fucking privilege, man. That shit is a fucking gift. That shit is a fucking gift. And if it's somebody you know, the investment that you have in that, watching my students fight, I might as well fucking be in there. It's worse because I can't well, be in I there. I was
0: gonna ask you that. What, what gives you a more of a thrill, watching them win them. or you winning yourself?
1: Them, always them, always them. Okay. It breaks my heart harder than anything to watch them lose, and it and it lifts me up harder than anything to fucking watch them win. Like watching them win feels like more of a victory for me than when I win my own fight, because this, there's more work that goes into it. Because somebody has to trust, somebody has to trust the system, somebody has to trust what we're doing and buy into it. And and I'm a, I'm already willing to sacrifice my time. I wouldn't have this gym if if I wasn't. Right, I wouldn't have this fight team if I wasn't willing to sacrifice my time and my effort and, and my own body to make sure that these guys are as prepared as they can be. But for somebody to come in and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to fucking sacrifice my body and put myself out there and do something that most people would never even would never even go through with. There's people that say that they want to fight and right when that fight gets close, they just pull out. Because it's too much. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. It's too scary. Because it is It's fucking scary. If you're not scared before a fight. Sounds wrong. Sounds wrong. So if I'm scared for myself, before my fight, imagine how scared I am for somebody that I care about. Right? Because now, It's not in my control it's only in my control so much i can coach them i can say things and and i can i can yell through the fence and everything like that but when i have a fight and i'm scared i'm ultimately still in control i'm the one going in there i'm the one stepping in i'm still master of this situation right now right i just have to deal with the you know with the x factor of, of my opponent Right, the variable of my opponent other than that i'm just there's still a control in this experiment right but when my boys go in there not only am i scared you know as i would be if i was fighting i'm scared for them because of course i'm scared for their safety and i don't want anybody to get hurt but i'm scared for for like i'm scared for them to lose i'm scared for like that damage that gets done when they lose and the heartbreak and you don't know if they're going to want to do this again the next day right some some people fucking rise after a loss and it makes them fucking better some people after a loss fucking they they lose and it they 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 don't want to do it anymore it's not for them um so have you ri-
0: experienced that from any of your fighters
1: I've seen it I've seen it I've seen both ends you know okay. I've seen both ends and you know knowing that all that can happen plus the safety thing right i'm I'm terrified when they go in there you know what i mean and and then i don't have control because i'm not the one in there you know that's that's that man or that woman in there you know making the decisions and letting their instincts take over and I'm in there with them, but what's in there with them is my voice in the moment, right, and and everything. Do you hear
0: the voice from your trainers when you're in that moment, when you're in, you know, when after a round, do you hear, do you hear the, you know, the, does it register the instructions they give you when you're at a, a high-level athlete competing in these competitions?
1: It takes a couple fights, but yes. Okay. It takes a couple fights. My first fight, I didn't hear shit. <laughs> I, oh, my God, that's it, crazy. You know, you know when you're like in the ocean and you get knocked around by the fucking waves, but you can kind of still hear people on the beach and shit like that, but you just hear kind of like
0: Yeah, it's like background noise. Yeah.
1: That was what I heard in my first fight. Wow. Right? And then my second fight, I I didn't hear a lot, but I was able to pay attention between the rounds. Right. But during the fight, it was kind of still hard to hear what was going on. But my first fight, I don't even like, it didn't get out of the first round. So I don't know how I would have reacted to to that. My third fight went the distance. And I remember being able to hear everything, but in the third round, I was fucking tired because we were fucking going at it. It was a great fight. And it was hard to hear things in the third round, like that fucking kind of soup started again in the third round. It started being hard to hear my trainers and hard to hear the crowd and everything like individually and everything like that. Uh, by my fourth fight, I felt really relaxed and really calm. And it was just, I heard everything. It was like, I heard people crowd, I heard my coaches, uh, fifth fight was the same thing and around that time into Jitsi tournaments it started being the same thing. I could really like hear my coaches pick them out and, you know, just but it's experience, you know, it's being in there and being comfortable and and, you know, the first couple of times that you're in there, it's just it's fucking crazy. It's just it's too much. It's it's so much like it's visual stimulation, it's aural stimulation, it's touch over stimulation. It's it's just like if your heart is beating fucking a million fucking miles an hour, right? You know what I mean, like. And now I'm starting to see with my guys, like my guys that have a couple fights under their belt. The first couple fights, they're just out there fucking, you know, fighting, and they're listening to me as best as they can when they can. But now, like, now I got my guys that are just they can fucking hear and they can fucking like even when they say damn coach, I didn't hear you. And you watch the video. They're like, I was doing everything you said. And it's like, yeah, because you heard me. Like you don't realize that you heard me. But subconsciously, you fucking hear your coach. Right. And then it goes subconsciously to be able to consciously hear and pick it out. And, you know, it's, uh, it's good. And and that takes good coaching, too. You know, you got to have good coaches that you trust that, that you've built a rapport with that you have a, a language with you know i have a different language with each one of my fighters you know um you know I, I had that 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 big basically our debut in in december 2019 before everything got you know crazy with covid uh where i had eight guys fight on one car and it was fucking wild you know and it was uh I had guys on that card that it was their first fight and i had guys on their card that it was their eighth ninth fight you know so it was interesting to see the the different reactions to things the different reactions to pressure and the moment and everything like that and it helped me as a coach to see all that but i had a different language with each one of those guys you know because each each person is different it's like they're starting to discover in school now you can't teach a room of 30 kids all the same way they're not all going to be Uh, responses to the learning. They're not all going to um, absorb the information the same way, right? And all my fighters need to be taught differently and they need to be pushed in different ways and they're there for different reasons and different things motivate them. And it's my job as a coach to find out what motivates them, what are they fighting for, what makes them hungry, what pisses them off, what makes them dig deep, what makes them shut down, what don't they respond to, what do they respond to. Because so some people want to fucking be put through the shit and, and beaten on and fucking, you know, kicked when they're fucking down and and they want that. So that way it motivates them to get up. And some guys don't want that. And they don't respond well to that. And they need to be coached a little bit more right and they need to be uh coddled exactly, a little
0: bit more would you say no.
1: that's exactly the word i didn't want to use because you're a fighter you yeah. can't be <laughs> but but I mean,
0: look, some, in the fighting sense if that makes sense relative people, to fighting
1: yeah. yeah some people don't respond to negative reinforcement got you right some people mm-hmm. respond to positive reinforcement If I see a guy is on the mitts and I'm teaching him a combo or I'm teaching him uh, a concept or something, a footwork concept, and he and he fucks it up. Some guys are going to respond to, bro, if you fuck it up again, I'm going to start making you bang out pushups when you fuck it up. And all of a sudden, after like the first set of pushups, they do that shit the right way. Right sad too, and it breaks their brain and they start to get even more in their own head and it fucks it up even more and then you lose them and then you can't even teach them that concept because now they're frustrated with themselves for not getting the concept and they're frustrated with you as a coach for not being patient with them and working with them the right way some people need a little bit more patience right some people need to be some people need to be taught and some people need to be shown right the guys that need to be shown can generally pick things up for themselves right you show them something they pick it up and those are the guys that fucking you know tend to need that extra push or need that need that or don't need that extra like Push a little bit more. They fucking motivate themselves, right? Because they just have that weird mind for it, right? Where somebody that needs to be taught might need to be taught and then explained why they're doing that. They might have something that works really well for them, and you tell them as a coach, you need to stop doing this, right? Because it's been working for you, but this isn't going to work at the high level. Or against this particular fighter, this isn't going to work, right? Some guys are going to say, okay, what do I need to do? Be instead and they're just gonna be like, I'm gonna shut up and you tell me what I need to do. Where some guys are gonna be like, why? This works for me, why do I need to change it, right? And you can either be like, because I fucking said so, and you're gonna shut up and do what I say, right? Which that person's probably not gonna respond well to. Or I can say, because this guy's a southpaw, every guy you fought is an orthodox fighter, and when you throw this particular combination, you open yourself up for a takedown against somebody who's in this particular stance. And this guy is a wrestler and not a striker. You're gonna get fucking taken down if you throw this combination that's been working for you in your last three fights. And then he'll go, "Okay, that makes sense. I don't want to get fucking taken down because I'm not a wrestler, right?" And now instead of just being like, "Because I said so," you have explained why and they understand and now they're on board, right? So it's not to everybody shut the fuck up and do what I fucking say, right? I got a couple guys that are like that and then I got a couple guys where I got to explain things to. Because some people just think things out more. Some people are just more cerebral than others, right? Some people think about things and have to learn things and once it's ingrained, they're really good at it. Some people just pick shit up like that, right? And it's not a negative thing when I say it has to be explained and it has to be taught. It's just that particular person's thought process. Right? So yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Makes, yeah.
0: Wow, man. You you really just took me there right now, bro. Like I swear <laughs> to God. I felt like I was in the gym with you, bro. I'm the negative reinforcement guy. I'm gonna be honest. My I pops know. used to be like, yeah.
1: As <laughs> because you are an asshole. You a stubborn asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yo that's crazy right now we're talking to the coach man coach lopez the puerto rican assassin the co-founder of nola mma my brother you used to be a wrestler is that something you teach right away or what's up with that like because i'm sure because look i look at khabib and guys like that bro where you don't want to go to the ground game with and like they seem to be some of the most successful people in the game you know what i'm saying so is that
1: it's the best base for fighting You You see two little kids get into a fight on the playground, right? They talk shit to each other. They walk across the sandbox. They get close to each other. What's the first thing they do?
0: They want to take each other down.
1: Do they throw punches and kicks at each other?
0: No, no, they
1: they do not. (laughs) At all? Right? Our, Our national defense mechanism is fucking grappling, bro. Like that's our first and foremost thing that we do. When someone's getting fucked up in a fight, right? You see it on Instagram all the fucking time, right? All these fucking fight accounts and everything and shit, and they show street fights and everything like that. Somebody gets hit two or three times. It's the first thing they start doing. They grab onto a motherfucker, right? And then at the highest level of the sport, boxing, what's the first thing that happens when somebody starts getting pounded on? Clinch him,
0: him. clinch him, grab him, and then they
1: break that shit up, and that was the first thing that dude does again.
0: He's goes to grab right- him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right? And that's a defensive tactic.
0: Gotcha. Right?
1: Now imagine if you could turn that into offense. That smother, <sighs> right? That smothering fucking thing. Because it stifles the person's offense when you grab them. Right? If somebody's punching the shit out of you and they're boxing, right, and you start fucking holding them and clinching them, they can't hit you as well. That boxer needs the referee to break up that clinch in order to effectively strike again. Right? Correct? Exactly. On the money, coach. What if you turn that offensive? That guy in desperation is hugging his opponent and stopping his strike. In desperation, not knowing what he's doing. Now imagine you know what you're doing and you're going in there with bad intentions and you know how to take the fight from standing to the ground at will. There's oh, nothing man. more powerful than that. There's nothing more powerful than that. There's so you the artistic
0: fight, beauty behind it.
1: If you want to fight for me, your ass is fucking wrestling every fucking week. If you came in as a striker and your striking is on point, your ass ain't striking for weeks. You are, grappling. <laughs> you are grappling, and you're gonna hate it because it yeah. takes like. There's nothing that people hate more than fucking. There's nothing a striker hates more than getting laid on, right? Because one, you're getting clinched, right, and two, you're on the fucking ground. You can't do what you want to do from there. And other people are going, "You a pussy. Let me up. Let me up. Let me up. Get up. Get up. Right. Get up. If you can't get up." then that's a major deficit right i would say going in with bad striking is more of a deficit than going in with bad grappling really yeah wow that's that is
0: blowing my mind man getting an education right here bro in mma that's official that's official I mean, but that I mean that must make you a really I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's gotta make you a great, you know, great coach, bro, because I mean you were a beast. You were championship leveling, you know, when you were doing your thing, you know, straight when you would and then you also did jujitsu as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I trained jujitsu. I've been doing jujitsu for about nine and a half years now. Um, every day. You know, when I started training I fell in love with it. I got obsessed. I started training three, four times a week right off the jump you know and then that that quickly went to you know five or six times a week multiple times a day um you know so i i train i i probably grapple more than anything um you know especially in, in in my free time and everything i i love that shit you know i'm i'm obsessed with it uh you know and and with striking i love striking and i teach striking and everything like that but you know striking is uh striking Unless you got really good people to spar with, it's fucking hard on the body. It's really fucking hard on the body. Unless you got people that know how to be technical and, and, and be controlled. And, you know, if you and there there fucking fighting meatheads all the fucking time, you're going to be getting cussed and getting kicked real fucking hard and getting punched real hard and everything. And, you know, with, with jiu-jitsu, you can you can manage it a little bit more. Even when you're going with people who are a little bit bigger than you, you know, you can manage that that weight a little bit more there's less impact on the body um you know and uh it's it's human chess man Just is human chess and it's 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 the most effective martial art I've, I've ever trained you know and i've had the opportunity to train a bunch of different martial arts and uh jiu jitsu is king man you get through his king you get through his king it's it's head and shoulders more effective than than almost anything I've I've you know trained in for sure. Wow,
0: wow! For sure. Now you heard it, baby. You just who's king? I'm about to go in this, get some lessons, He was good. Bro, a bunch of classes Ryan.
1: Shout
0: out to Gabe. Your facts, man. Shout out to my man Gabe Kyle, Shout one of our Dave. dudes. Who was a member of the Angel Awards podcast community, by the way? Well, right. uh, he, he he did our Veterans Day episode. Shout out to I Gabe.
1: Love, I love That's it. A fact. And, fa- and fathers, if you are looking to put your daughter in any martial art, put them in jujitsu. Put them in jujitsu. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. You know, moms, dads, either, either, either. You know, daughters, sons, whatever. Put them in jujitsu. Put them in jujitsu. Put them in jujitsu early and uh find find somebody who has a good kids program, who's a parent themselves, right? Preferably whose kid is, is training as well. Because they're gonna understand. They're gonna understand and they're gonna understand, you know, how to teach a kid on and off the mat, right? Because if if you think teaching adults is hard, man, I I could not imagine teaching kids, you kids, know. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy.
0: Well, Ray, we've reached a point in the podcast now, my brother, where it's time to play Five Words with Angel. Now, Ray, on Five Words with Angel, I'm going to give you a word or a phrase. You're going to give me the first word or phrase. And if you want to give me a dissertation, it's you. Go right ahead, my brother. The first phrase is Dana White. What do you think about when you think about Dana White? First word, first thought.
1: Revolutionary.
0: Revolutionary. I like it. The man changed the game, bro. The man changed the game. But do you like
1: it or not? He's revolutionary. Most revolutionary people are loved and hated and in order more to be- often
0: hated and loved I mean to be honest with you it's usually like a 75-25 split you
1: know what I'm saying? I think so but a lot of times in order to be a revolutionary person you know you gotta do some things that people think are unethical you know and a lot of people have an issue with him over fighter pay and, and him not taking care of the fighters as well as uh, you know they should be when he's out there fucking falling you know what I'm saying And my man is rich as fuck you know and you know part of that is up to us to try and get together and have a collective bargaining agreement and you know agree with ourselves well the to sport with-
0: is still young Ray the sport is young is. you know I mean eventually there's gonna get a, a union's gonna get created things it's are gonna-, gonna get better they just gotta band together and stick with it man like at the end it's of the inevitable.
1: day it's, it's inevitable, inevitable bro it is you know, it is. You know?
0: Uh, the second, the second phrase on five words with Angel: Should Conor McGregor retire? It's a question. Should Conor hang it up?
1: No. I think that he should only take freak show fights from here on out, though.
0: Got you. Full of Mayweather. Do the Mayweather thing.
1: Yeah, take a couple boxing fights. Get in there and fight one of the one of the Paul brothers. You know take that third diaz fight you know what i mean yeah. like you know go go in that direction but to try and make a legitimate title run i don't know i think that uh i think that a fighter like confidence was his x factor and now that the luster's kind of kind of been lost I, I don't know if he's going to be able to to be himself again you know mm-hmm. i think wow. that chip has failed got
0: you all right man keeping it real here No five words with angel well, we don't cap baby uh the third phrase is it's a question too. do you see Khabib coming back to the MMA or you think it's over we good you made a promise
1: he I made a promise
0: uh, <laughs> and the, the guy seems serious about it you know but he's soaking a lot of smack. He was soaking wild garbage on hot boxing with Mike B. It's like, you know, he's a young kid still. Young I kid. Don't, but
1: I don't think we're going to see him fight anytime soon.
0: Okay, we don't think he's going to fight anytime soon, so you don't see a comeback anytime soon. I right, I'll take that That's a good answer. I'll take stat. So, All oh, right. No, he's
1: gonna re- I don't think he's, he's going to stay retired. I, I, think okay. that, I think that this is a short hiatus.
0: Got you. He's on a sabbatical right now. I think he's on a sabbatical. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I would like to see him get in there, especially with Uzman at some point, if that's possible. Right? You know? That's the fight that Ooh, I want to fucking... Bro, man. Because Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Khabib is a big boy, too.
0: Yeah, man. You know, he's a big cat, man. That guy's no joke, man both of them cats that would be a fantastic showdown i i would say bro they could probably make i, I would how much does a top mma guy make though i mean you know like 10 million dollars 20 million dollars i don't know if they get paid that much but that could probably be like a 10 15 million dollar fight for both of them hey
1: connor connor and the people he fought with getting banked like that um you know but Not impossible. And Ganu and Ganu and, and and John Jones are asking for you know ten million dollars each, and they're like, nah, fuck y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like you said, bro, that's going to change eventually, bro. Because bro, it you is. can't be making you know hundred million dollars every every time you throw an event, that's and funny. your fighters are making that's like hard. two million. That's you know
1: what I mean? hard making you know fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand. I mm-hmm. mean, just the pay structure and of itself. You yeah. get show money and win money, right? right. So let's and keep bonus it.
0: money for whatever. Yeah,
1: right. So if if I'm getting paid, if my salary is ten thousand, ten thousand, for example, I get ten thousand dollars for weighing in and showing up in the cage, but I got to win the fight to get that other ten thousand dollars, right? So if I lose, I'm getting ten thousand dollars. If I win, I get twenty thousand, right? And that's still the same. They're still not paying people. They you know, the the bigger guys get a flat rate, but most people are getting, you know, show money and win money.
0: Yo, that's crazy. Plus, their pay per view buys is pretty decent, bro. You know
1: this, what I mean? There's probably like one or two guys getting pay per view buys right now. I think probably Connor I remember mean, when
0: paid- they do a pay per view show, this, you know, this cats that's making, some, you know, they, they're generating some pay per views with the big fights. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know it's crazy man the fourth the fourth word here on five words with Angel it's another phrase what do you think about when you think about NOLA M-M-A the future NOLA MMA the future the
1: future, future. it the better future. be
0: I wanna be I wanna be the Joe Rogan for your team bro future the
1: future brother
0: <laughs> I wanna be calling the fights you know what I'm
1: saying okay. play by play that would be crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> or at least there you know <laughs> Brother, the future, hosting
0: man. hosting all the events. Angel of Words presents here, the NOLA uh-huh. MMA fight team, you know.
1: I love it. I we, love it.
0: We gotta we gotta collab. We gotta collab at the end of the day. Uh-huh. You know we grinding hard.
1: Yes, um, yeah. You gotta the, get
0: on f- bro, gotta
1: get on the shorts for the fight, bro.
0: Bro, let me know.
1: We'll talk about it after the podcast.
0: We'll talk about it. The fifth word, all right. The fifth word, what's going to be the outcome of your fight, buddy? September 11th on Fight.TV, my man, the Puerto Rican assassin, Ray Lopez, will do what to his competitor?
1: Violence, my friend, violence. We're going to go in there. We're going to put on a show. We're going to be easy. We're going to be smooth. We're going to have lots of fun. And uh, the outcome is, it's going to be glory, baby. It's going to be glory.
0: Glory. Game of Thrones, baby. Glory. (laughs) Glory.
1: Train hard, fight easy,
0: baby. Ooh, train hard, fight easy. I love it, baby. Hashtag train hard, fight easy. For those listening to the podcast, that is the hashtag on the shirt that Mr. Ray Lopez is wearing today. Now, Ray, you got another cat. Before we end the podcast, we got to give him a shout-out. The Duke, who's been nuking him. Yeah, man, it, I never I never seen you so excited in your life, bro. And you know what? I could have done ten words with Angel, because I wanted to ask you about the 49ers and the Mets that, you know, that got my man Javi, but I don't even know if we have enough time. But I want to talk about Duke before we get there. What's up with your man? He's one of your fighters. You know what I'm saying? Talk about his career right now where you see it going.
1: Duke is uh Duke is a special cat, man. Uh that kid has been with me for Two years as of like last week.
0: How old and is this guy? How old is this
1: yeah, kid? Came in with a little bit of a uh, little bit of experience, not not too much, okay. you know, a little bit of striking, a little bit of karate, a little bit of like uh, traditional martial arts background. Okay. Um but no no wrestling, no jujitsu, no muay. Thai. And uh he is just one of the scariest motherfuckers I have ever seen on the mat. He works so hard, he is obsessed. He is a sponge. He picks things up so quickly. Um, he's an incredible training partner. He's always, you know, taking care of his, his training partners and, and and helping people out and making sure people are, are motivated and pushing each other. And uh, Dude, this kid, the sky's the limit for this kid. He was like, all right, Coach, I think I'm going to start boxing. And, and within six months of boxing, he's 4-0. And right? he's a Sugar Bird champion and a Golden Gloves champion and and the kid is just knocking out he I, I think he's got like one decision and three knockouts uh and he's uh he's uh just he's killing it he's three and one in mma and and he fought two weeks ago, and he's, he's fighting again this weekend, you know, for the GC MMA title at the Hard Rock for a 170-pound uh, amateur belt, it would be his first amateur title fight. And I, I just don't see this kid having too long of an amateur career. Uh, we got, you know, a, a great group of guys behind us, Devil's Advocate management that are, you know, really, really, really good at at getting us fights, you know, the guys that got me this bare knuckle fight and they are just so excited about Duke and see so much potential in him as well. So he's got people that, that wanna see him do well and wanna see him succeed and, and are very interested in his success and he's uh he's articulate, he's he's good looking, he's marketable, he's exciting and uh like I said, man, the the sky's the limit. The kid's got a fucking rocket up his ass right now, man. And and as long as he just keeps doing what he's doing and, and keeps working hard and keeps uh keeps a good head on his shoulders the way he's been he's he's going to make it to the show i have i have no doubt i have no doubt and and whether that show is one of the the big 3 mma promotions or whether he decides to to take it pro in boxing he's he's going to have just world of success man and i'm just i'm happy to be a part of it and i'm honored that you know he's he's chosen us and you know, the kid is just so coachable, and and he listens. And you know, I fucking uh, I love seeing it. I, I love seeing He's the really progress.
0: athletic man. He's athletic as hell, bro. Ridiculous,
1: bro! He makes one seventy. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: crazy. Shout out to Duke all the way out here from New York City, man. We're looking, we're looking at everything you're doing, man. We wish you the best in your career, wherever you decide to take it, for sure, for sure. Now, Ray, you're fighting. First of all, when's Duke fighting?
1: Duke is fighting on Saturday uh, for is DCM that, at the Hard Rock and Biloxi. That's
0: going to be filmed. Uh, you, can you find that on YouTube? I would imagine on uh, YouTube. they film everything nowadays.
1: I will let you know if I if they have a live stream. Uh, I will send that to you, and if you wouldn't mind, just throw it up on on the uh, on the Facebook page and get everybody looking in on that.
0: You already know, bro. You already know. I'm gonna do that for yours too. By the way, now Ray, you're fighting right. Let us know when the fight's taking place again for any of anybody that's you know uh, is it. skipping toward the thing, and then also uh, let us know where to find Nola MMA and uh, and away we go, baby and you
1: know, we'll wrap we'll uh, it up. For BYB, September 11th uh, is my bare knuckle boxing debut. I will be fighting Pablo Caballero at 125 pounds. Uh, I'll be representing NOLA MMA. Uh, that is my and my business partner, uh, Focato Valencia's gym, uh, over here in New Orleans proper, uh, 1016 North Broad Street. You can find us at www.nolamma.com. Facebook page is Nola MMA Dash The Warms Mixed Martial Arts. The Instagram page is Nola underscore MMA, and my personal Instagram page is The PR Assassin.
0: There you go, everybody. Everyone that was the Puerto Rican assassin, Mr. Ray Lopez. Before we end, you already know: share, subscribe on the YouTube. Click on that notification bell. Also. Go to uh, any of the podcast platforms if you just want to listen to this, uh, you know, uh, uh, Apple and uh, Spotify. Uh, if you want to catch what I'm up to on any of my social media platforms, is at Angela Words ENT. The cash I mean, excuse me, at Angela, yeah, at Angela Words ENT. The cash app is uh, AOWNYC. And, uh, you know, go and catch the blog on the website and all the other content at www.aowent. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We'll talk to you later.